arriving in U.S. mail from St. Louis in the original de Havilland DH-4 biplane and 10 bulky gunny sacks are the combined audiobook renditions and supplemental background information as presented in podcast form by moi, me, Robert P. Fitton. Good evening to one and all, wherever in the galaxy you make your home. Jerry St. Clair, you witness, bub? No, I'm here to see if a professor at Hamilton College is linked to Albert Fiore. I don't tolerate so-called club reporters such as yourself trying to hack in on my exclusive story. I have no idea what you're talking about, old man. Oh, so you think the old duffer can't pound the pavement for the scoop of the century? What? It's a deadbeat night in a deadbeat town, and I was cranking out special reports and exclusives before you even thought of Flatfoot. Get lost, pal. Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you, Cubby? I think you're a Hamilton Fletcher plant. Fury is linked to that professor, and you don't have the goods, Jerry. Listen to me, Cubby. Brad Davis is a low-life, perverted scumbag, joined at the hip to that double-dealing piece of rat-crud Boston garbage called Albert Fiore. Davis was transplanted into the tiny hamlet of Hamilton, state of New Hampshire, right under the patrician nose of Hamilton Fletcher. And you know why? No, why? Dr. Bradford Davis was a genius. He was supposed to make Fletcher an even richer and more conniving bastard than he already is. Genetic patterns. Fury is snooping around trying to get a cut of the operation. Got it? You don't know that. You think I'm some demented old screwball with no verifiable accomplishments. My career blasted off the ground with a gruesome murder in Philly in 47. I learned how to dig for the details, Cubby, and dig deep. And you just walked in and took on Fiori and Davis. It's all in the book, Cubby. Murder at Toby Lake, the demise of Davis at the lake house with Fletcher himself as the only suspect. Well, let's not leave Fiori at the starting gate. And that innocent little girl, Pollard, she had the gun. What do you think of that? Leave it to the professionals, Cubby. I'll make a note of it, Jerry. I have a late night date with my typewriter, a selector. An exclusive byline on page one. Put your shoulder to the wheel, Buffalo, and go get him. You're a legend, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. If Hamilton Fletcher had Professor Brad Davis develop a patent on a particular gene sequence, he could generate new income and add it to his financial portfolio. As the patent holder, Fletcher would have the right to undertake research and development involving that gene for 20 years. Brad Davis has a girlfriend on campus, a student named Amy Pollard, who just after his murder happens to be in possession of the murder weapon. But Davis, as the old Jim Croce song about Rapid Roy the Stock Car Boy says, he's got honeys all along the way. And one of those honeys is Desiree, who works at a Fiori strip joint off the expressway in Boston. When Murder at Toby Lake was first written and sold for Palm Pilots, the blurb summed up the plot. Brad Davis loves woman. Brad Davis uses woman. Hamilton Police Chief George Strickland thinks a woman and a student at the college killed Davis. Matthias Jones completes the school year and plans a summer relaxation away from his coaching duties. In the beginning of this Palm Pilot novel, Jones has words with the snooty, attractive English professor Maggie McKay. 
when George Strickland calls on the phone and informs Jones of the murder at the lake house, Jones finds himself at odds with Maggie as he tries to find Davis's killer. And what is not said is how McKay tries to protect her student and friend, Amy Pollard. McKay, like Jerry St. Clair, is one of those characters who drops into the series, creating a turmoil with Jones. Davis is getting death threats. Even the night before, he got into a drag-down fight at Club Max. Jones and Coco, and Jerry St. Clair, follow the leads for Brad Davis's killer to Boston. So, Davis has a character flaw. For a writer, character flaw is a gift from the gods. Look what Robert Louis Stevenson did with Jekyll and Hyde. Dr. Henry Jekyll attempts to physically divide his good and evil sides. And this is such a great metaphor for the human character. Nice going, Jekyll, you drank too much evil. And so does Brad Davis. Davis is like Marlowe's Dr. Faustus, as the good angel attempts to halt his taking the evil path. But the bad angel is powerful. Faustus becomes a disciple of magic. The metaphors, the demons, and players are numerous. It is only in the end, when all is lost, that Faustus admits that he has sold his soul. Davis never gets to admit anything because he's murdered. Bad boy Charlie Sheen. Where do we begin to tell the story? So much success and so much nose-diving behavior. 1990 might have accidentally shot his fiancée, Kelly Preston involved in a prostitution scandal. 1996, arrested for assaulting his then-girlfriend, Brittany Ashland. 1998, suffered a stroke due to cocaine overdose. 2009, arrested for assaulting his then-wife, Brooke Muller. 2010, found naked and intoxicated in his room, later hospitalized. 2014, sued by a dental technician for assault and battery. 2015, HIV positive, second ex-wife, Denise Richards claimed abuse and attempted murder. On the lighter side is the above-mentioned smoking Jerry St. Clair, as well as the cottage dwellers Gus and Irene, who follow all of Brad Davis's arrivals and departures at the lake house. Jones, trailed and pestered along the way to Boston by Jerry St. Clair, realizes that because Davis bloodied Hamilton Fletcher's nose, that the Fletcher patriarch may have had a connection to the murder but he's baffled by Pollard and the gun. And what about the Boston connection and Desiree? Ah, but remember what Agatha Christie said, a murder on the Orient Express. The impossible could not have happened, therefore the impossible must be possible in spite of appearances. Hamilton Fletcher overlooked Brad Davis's shortcomings because of the financial rewards. Brad Davis, what a cad. And you can take that to the bank, Hamilton Fletcher. Robert P. Fitt. All of my books are available in paperback, Kindle, and audio at www.fittenbooks.com. You can listen to all my audiobooks on audible.com. Just type in Robert P. Fitt. Thank you and good night.